You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 4-1. Welcome to the show. Oh, this show's the best. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits, everyone. I am your host, Jesse Mogul. As always, it is an honor to have you here. Man, has this been a fantastic week. Let me catch up on what I've been doing. The book is down to the typesetting phase. I'm officially getting pages back. I got them all back. And now I've had to reread the book for like the 20th time and go through. And there's probably about 30, 40 things that, you know, I'm sort of, this is the, this is that polishing phase that I've talked about in the past. When you work on a project and you get it done way ahead of time, when you have time to go back and polish it rather than just turn it in and hope for the best, I am now in that part where just enough time to polish it up a little bit before I send it back to the copy editor. She'll do all the edits that I asked for, send it back. I'll reread the entire book again. I swear I've read this book over 20 times. And then it'll go to the publisher. And we've already got the book cover finished. I'm finishing up the back page summary. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully mid-April that will come out. I'm super pumped for it. It has been a long time coming. I will say this. (laughs) When I started it, I thought I was going to be able to get this thing out in two months. And if there's, we've talked, I talk a lot about my principles, right? So if there's any one of them that came in super handy with this book, it was flexibility, exercising flexibility. Because when it's more than just me working on something, it can't just be done whenever I want it to be done. Things take time. Other people have to do their parts of the work. And ultimately, it gets done in a good amount of time. Right, I'm not going to say it was good time, not a bad time. It was just the amount of time that it took. And taking on that kind of attitude about it, that it took exactly the amount of time that it was supposed to take, has really released me from any stress I might have about wishing that it was out at the end of the fall semester in 2019 or the beginning of the spring semester in 2020. It is what it is. Everybody worked extremely hard on this. Like I said, there was at least five other people that actively had to participate in this at every single step of the way, and uh, it's it's been amazing. And so de- definitely exercising flexibility on a project like this, and another one of the pr- principles would be embodying ten- tenaciousness, uh, the tenacity that I've had, the ability to sit down and read this over and over and over again and still be looking for those little spaces that were missed or the little ways that a couple of words could be changed over. And also knowing when I was going from editing mode to reading mode. And so think about that when you're working on anything that matters to you a great deal like this book matters to me is it will get to a point where it's almost like your brain's just tired. And so you go from editing to reading, and I can't be reading the book. I need to be editing it. And so knowing, okay, I've done done as much as my brain will allot me. Take a break, get physically active, get your blood pumping, uh, get some coffee in me if I need to, come back. If If I'm done, I'm done. But also, having started this so early, I knew I had time. So think about that with yourself. 
You want to show up as the best version of yourself every day, especially when it comes to these projects that hold a great deal of weight in your life. And simultaneously, uh, you want to know when to say when. When has been enough so that you can walk away and say, tomorrow, we'll get at it again. And so the book is almost done. I've been interviewing some amazing people at colleges and universities here in the Los Angeles area. I'll be starting those up in probably April as part of the uh, big drum up to the book launch. I'll have pre-sales going on for that. I'm going to be going to local colleges and, and doing book signings and presentations about my seven power principles. So it's been absolutely phenomenal. It's just been such an amazing journey. And because the last few weeks, the material that we've talked about here on the show has been particularly, I would say challenging because we were talking about emotions. If you go back to episode 38, 39, and 40, um, I I called this three-part series the Winter Doldrums, uh, Emotional Self-Regulations, Part 1 and 2, and then Depression and Suicide. And that was a very heavy topic. And um, like I mentioned last week, I'll mention again, if you think that you would, would like to have some mental health counseling, if there's one thing that has come out in every single one of these interviews that I've done with these college administrators, is that there are mental health professionals on their campus who will talk to you. You need to go in, you need to ask for help, set an appointment, and if it takes you three, four, five therapists till you find one that resonates and connects with you, don't stop until you find the right one. I've had a, I, did, I wish I'd have done this at University of Florida and been more adamant about finding someone who connected with me, but I was already weird about going and asking for help, and then I wasn't getting the kind of conversation that I really needed, and so after two, I just stopped. And now that I'm in my 40s and I'm in sobriety, you know, I when I got into addiction recovery, I definitely was looking for the right therapist for me over at Kaiser. I found her. She's been amazing. When I first moved to LA, I found one. Um, I read an amazing article about six months ago that said that millennials are more and more choosing to go talk to health professionals, that the stigma that the boomers have about it no longer holds true with us Gen Xers and millennials. We don't care. We want to talk about something. We want to get over our traumas. We're willing to do it. And so go and find that help because it is there and it is amazing and it will open your mind up to a whole new way of thinking. Just like I hope that this podcast is doing for you. Uh, I get a lot of feedback via social media that it's resonating out there. And so I want that to continue. And so because the last three weeks were so in-depth and into that emotional bog that people can feel. Um, I want to talk this week about what sparks you. Finding what sparks you. And using that to propel you towards the career or the life or the hobbies that you really want to have. Because this came up with multiple interviewees. And, and this, I don't really call them interviews as much as I call them conversations. Um, and with every single one, you know, figuring out what lights you up because one day you're going to wake up and you're going to be in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. You know, the average retirement age is getting up into the 80s now. It's not going to get any lower. <laughs> and if you're blessed, you figure out a career that allows you to have what my one of my friends calls FU money. You know, when you hit that 
you start making millions of dollars and you can just do whatever you want. And if anybody pissed you off, you could just say F you and walk away from them. But so few people actually ever achieve that F you money that he speaks about. And so you're going to want to find a job that sparks you. And if you end up getting yourself into a job that doesn't spark you, but it does give you that financial security that you seek, then you're going to need to find your hobbies and your talents and your passions and your skills fulfilled in other areas of your life. Right? There's plenty of people who work at Dunder Mifflin and middle management who don't who never necessarily wanted to, to do middle management at a paper company in Pennsylvania. But by goodness gracious, that's how they somehow ended up there. And so now it's like, what are you doing when you clock out? See, I live in Los Angeles. And one of the reasons why I knew this was what I wanted to talk about in today's episode is because uh, one of my many jobs is working at a hotel. And in order to afford this city and be able to have the time and the money I need to start up this entire you know, podcast and speaking and writing. It's like in Los Angeles, everybody's got side hustles. And in many cases, we've all got three, four, five, right? We've all got multiple streams of income because you just never know when one of those might dry out. You know, and you lower your ego and say, I will do whatever it takes to make sure I achieve my dream. Then that is the first step to actually achieving your dream. I have watched people move out here and say, no, I don't want to be a waiter. No, I don't want to be a bartender. No, I don't want to be uh, working in retail. No, I don't want to go work at Minchie's or Pinkberry or a yogurt place. I only want to be a writer, be a musician, be a stand-up comedian, be an actor. And if I can't make it doing that, then I'm out. And you know what? Every one of them is left. The people who are unwilling to push themselves and do things that they, while they would not prefer to be doing them, they do them with a smile on their face because they know that that money is what pays their rent and their car insurance and their car payment and their cell phone and their Wi-Fi bill. And that's going to allow them to stay in Los Angeles and fulfill their meant to be. So I would, before I get into finding what sparks you, I will say this, that in life, things will not always play out the way you thought. They certainly didn't for me here in Los Angeles. I always stuck to the mindset that if I really wanted it, I would do whatever it takes to achieve it. And if that means that I've got to work at a hotel, if that means I have to pick up uh, um, on-call catering shifts um, for catering services, if that means I ran a um, company for a couple years, I called it McMansion Bartending. And I just had people hire me out to go bartend at their uh, rich people parties. You know, not all these houses were 5,000 square feet in Bel Air. A lot of them were. A lot of them were just people who wanted to have a fancy party and were willing to throw me 300 bucks to bartend for six hours. $50 an hour to bartend at a fancy person's party? Yeah, I'm going to take that. That's $300. That's two and a half cell phone bills. Um, God, what else have I done in this city? I, I When I first moved out here, I sold candy at Laker and King Games, hockey and basketball, for those of you who don't know who the Lakers and the Kings are. Yeah, I sold, I sold M&Ms. I walked up and down the aisles. If you've ever gone to a sporting event and seen somebody selling uh, food uh, up and down the aisles, I did that for a couple months. Worked at a couple different hotels, a couple different restaurants. Um, I almost got into Uber Eats, um, but gas is too expensive, so it wouldn't have made any sense. My point being is if you really want to achieve something, you will do whatever it takes. And so... Uh, what is it? What, what is it? I've always said it's like 
you know, don't judge somebody for their work ethic. If they're busting their ass and they're trying, judge somebody, don't judge people at all. And I don't think I'm even getting this quote out very well, but the basic synopsis, the, the paraphrasing of it is, is that, you know, who are you to judge somebody who has got six different jobs trying to achieve the job that they've always wanted? All right, you might get out of college and find that your degree sets you up to be middle management at Dunder Mifflin, but you don't want to do that. So now you want to do a complete career switch over. But in the process of doing that, you got to make money. Right? So while you're in college, if I could say one thing, don't drink as much as I did whenever I was in college as a bartender and a server, but I'll tell you what, if you've learned how to be a bartender or a server, you will have a job for the rest of your life. Because those those businesses will always need someone. So find those skills while you're young and in college that will allow you to be able to make some secondary money if you're a teacher and or a nurse in the hospital or the school isn't paying you as much. You can go pick up a couple shifts on the weekends and make that extra $500. That's $2,000 a month. That's $24,000 a year for working two, three shifts whenever, it's, you know, whenever your, t- your schedule allows. So... That's enough about that. I just really, just the idea of finding what sparks you and then going after it with a with a vengeance, with just with the just insatiable appetite, is the entire point of this episode. Because I see so many people who want to achieve something, but then aren't willing to, quote unquote, lower themselves for the sake of that achievement. There's if you. Like I said, move to Los Angeles and you aren't willing to do whatever it takes to stay here, then you eventually will get washed out of the city. And I see it happening all the time. So enough about that. Let's move over to uh, why finding your spark is important. Um, So from my show notes, I've got some really good points. It'll keep you from going into trance. What ends up happening often when we're not doing things that spark us is that our days begin to just become very humdrum, very the same thing. Get up, eat breakfast, go to class, study, do more studying, go to class, go to work, right? Like you're not finding something that excites you. If you're not going to an amusement park once in a while, going to a concert, going to a live event, going out on a date with your partner, whatever it might be, you trance out. And you you know what trancing out is because you do it when you get in your car and you're driving from one place to another and you've done that drive countless times. You trance out in the shower. You trance out while you're brushing your teeth. You can trance out while you're sitting there talking to somebody if you just don't have your mind set on being mindful and present. Well, if you're not being mindful and present in your own life, you will trance out. And before you know it, it's a whole, you know February is gone and you look back and you're like, well, what did I really do? Sure, I got some schoolwork done and I got good grades and I always went to my job, but what did I really do to fire me up? See, when you know what's going to spark you, it will help you find that rejuvenation in your daily life. You, you might So many people are working for the weekend, but then if they're going and going camping or going snowboarding or going water skiing or going to the beach and, and running around, all of a sudden, sure, no one's going to like Monday. Uh, there's a saying that says it's not Mondays that suck; it's your job, right? I have no problem with Monday. I love Monday. I love all the days. At the same time, I, I get it. You know, if you're out there and you're working a job that doesn't thrill you, then you God, just get into the weekend so you can go do what does. And this goes back to my original point 
when I was talking about having serving skills, for those people who absolutely hate their job, who would love to be able to leave it, but don't really have any skills outside of the job they currently have, then it may not be easy for you to completely change your career if you're dreading every single Monday, because the only other kind of job you can get is one that's in your current field, and but you've already decided you don't like that field. So having these little side talents really come a long way in helping you achieve uh, what it is you really want to be doing when you, if you ever decide that you want to completely shift courses. And because you're millennials, uh, you've been raised on this instant gratification machine that's always in our pockets. You've, you've certainly come to realize that there are infinite ways of making a living. And whereas you know, boomers, for the most part, are just locked into whatever career they've ever done, I know a lot of Gen Xers who do that as well. I feel like I was um, always been on the millennial side of the Gen X, just because I've got fascinated with computers at a young age, an early adopter of the internet, and I immediately just started getting into that. You know, I remember writing code for websites in the early '90s. So, if you think outside the box and you embrace that flexibility, you'll see how you can find ways to rejuvenate your life by really picking up your talents passion, skills, and hobbies, and making those the focus of what you're striving your life to be, right? It's the boring stuff of life will aggravate you. I watch it aggravate people at my hotel on the regular, mainly because when they leave, all they do is go home, drink a six-pack, play video games, smoke copious amounts of weed, eat, go to bed, wake up, and do the same thing. They're just trancing their way right through their life. And see, you're in school, so you'll have things pulling you out of trance mode, but it'll be really easy just to go to class, come home, watch TV, do a little study, and go to work, right? If you don't find what sparks you, and it's as simple as just writing down the passions, what, what ex- the passions, the talents, the skills, the hobbies that you've always wanted, just sitting there writing, them, writing those down, Right? Think about what you loved as a kid. Think about what you love now whenever you decide you want to go do something. Does it super pump you up? You know, finding those things, especially in college, because there's going to be all of these different ways for you to find it, right? What, what, and you ask yourself, what did you love as a kid? What has always fascinated you? When you make this list, figuring out where to learn it, to me, is the simplest part, right? You can go to YouTube. On campus, you can find organizations and clubs that focus on what you want to what you want to do and what you want to learn. There's always seminars. People like me are always coming to campus, talking up some really cool stuff that you can learn about, and then go do more research and get involved in. There's always classes, whether it's around the city or extracurriculars offered by your school, that will teach you to play guitar, play the drums, uh, graphic design, things that might be outside of the purview of your major but will certainly introduce you to it. And if you you try it, and I talk about this in the book, just try something. And if it doesn't serve you, you don't enjoy it, you're not quitting it. You've just decided, well, okay, that was that. Uh, It didn't really give me the sensation I had hoped. Right? Like, don't let your friends, your, your family members be like, oh, you're always trying new things, and then you switch three or four months later. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the whole point of life? To experience everything that you can experience. 
I, I talk about this in the book again. It, it, it's now I don't remember the exact quote, but it's basically like I believe that the meaning of life is finding out what it is you want to do with your life and then pursuing it to all ends. Right? Find out what it is that you're passionate about. Find out what it is you've always wanted to do. I didn't realize that after 22 years of drinking that I would I would discover that I still love journalism, that I love being a podcaster, I love being an author, um, soon-to-be published author, um, I, getting up on stage and talking about this stuff and teaching people new ways to think is absolutely... It's, I get down off that stage and I swear no drop of alcohol, no touch of any drug I've ever done can give me that sensation, that coming down off of the stage and knowing that I have been of service and that I have helped open people's minds, taught them something that they didn't know or gave them a different perspective on something they already did know about. And it is just absolutely thrilling. Another place I get that kind of sensation is at the gym. When I push my body so hard and next thing I know, every muscle in my back and my chest and my arms is just flared up and it's just blood's just rushing to that and it feels the burn. And I call it the chipmunks. You know, when it feels like chipmunks are trying to scratch out through my muscles to, <laughs> to get out of my body, it's like that burn just becomes so intense and you're just like, wow, wow. And like 15 seconds later, it's gone. But for that brief time, man, it is just so amazing. And you're just like, Great. When's when's the next set? Let's let's get that back, right? I mean, these are the things that fire me up, that get me excited, and you have these things too. You know, the worst thing that you can do is choose to not really step outside of your comfort zone while you're in college, and try new things, and stay in your protected little cocoon because you don't want to be embarrassed if you're not great at it, or you don't want people making fun of you because they're better than you at it. And none of that matters. Anyone I was afraid of making fun of me or looking at me sideways back when I was at Ball State or UF, there is I don't know any of those people that would have done that. And the friends that I had that supported me through everything, they're still there. Even if I don't talk to them very often, I know that if I called them up and asked them how they were doing, they would be happy to hear from me. But anyone that would have looked at me sideways, I don't even know they exist anymore. So why do I care? Why would you care now about what they think about you when down the line you won't even know that they exist? They won't even know, they won't even remember that you existed. So if you fall on your face trying to play the guitar or trying out for a play or going to a dance club, whatever it might be, (laughs) who cares? All these people are just as worried about what you're thinking about them. They're all in their heads being like, oh, who's judging me? How am I being judged? What am I being judged by? That's why so many people don't like public speaking. It's not because they don't know the material that they might speak about. They're worried about the judging eyes. So some dope decided back in the day that you're supposed to picture everybody naked. I don't know why on earth that was something that was taught. But the bottom line is the reason why you're picturing the audience naked is so that you no longer feel that fear of embarrassment in case you mess up in front of those people because they're all sitting there naked. Well, <laughs> most of the time these people are rooting for you. And if they're not, that's on them. Something inside them is, is askew. Something inside of them is saying, I need to judge this person and knock them down more than likely It's because they really wish they could step outside of their comfort zone and be willing to try new things. But since they can't and they see that you are, the best 
solution they can come up with is mock you and ridicule you so that you go back in your cocoon. And then they don't have to see you doing that anymore. And that's childish. And that's immature. And that's what they'll do. But that's not what you're going to do. You're going to support people that you see stepping out of their cocoon. You're going to support people who are going after their passions, talents, skills, and hobbies. Because see, if you think that you can't find something that sparks you, first and foremost, you're just not looking hard enough. I get that. I remember bringing this up to somebody the other day, and they're like, well, yeah, I love music, but I can't just you know, learn to play the guitar and be in a band. Well, not overnight. But you could certainly go get a keyboard and watch some YouTube videos and learn how to play some cool songs. That would probably fire you up. There's whole people with YouTube channels showing you how to play some of the most popular songs. You know, all you need to do is just learn the the chords and watch it. I mean, I've had friends tell me, I can't play the guitar, but I can play this song. Which, one, means they can play the guitar. But two, sure, they can't just get on there and freestyle. But, man, you know what? They can play Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Like, no matter what it is that you get that excites you, you can find a way to participate in it. I used to DJ just because I love, I love, love, love trance music. And so I would just go out and get some software and put some songs together. And, you know, I'd, I'd learn Ableton and be able to touch the pad. And it was just really cool. I never got amazing at it. I certainly couldn't um, produce my own songs and put them out on the radio. But I'll tell you what, learning how to use that software allowed me to start getting gigs as a DJ at parties and weddings. Oh yeah, I've done that here in LA too. See, I just don't want you to let your limiting beliefs and, and a limiting mindset hold you back from something that could be amazing. Whatever it is you want to try, that that could be the thing that ultimately sparks you to an entire major change, to an entire pivot of life. I, it never fails. I'll read articles. I read a ton of articles in magazines like the Rolling Stone and Wired and Inc. and, and uh, uh, GQ and things like that. And inevitably, you'll somebody in one of these will be like, oh yeah, I was going to college to do this. And then I took this class and all of a sudden I was just fascinated by this and I got into that. Remember there was one about the environment and the person was, became a marine biologist, but they had originally gone to school to be like an accountant. And then they took like a scuba diving class as an extracurricular and they went under the ocean and it was so amazing and beautiful. They decided they wanted to start learning more about coral reefs. And a year later, they were a marine biology major, right? You just never know what your true calling is if you just sit there and go through the normal steps you listen to your parents or your teachers or your anyone telling you how to do you. Because, look, I get there are some people who want middle management at Dunder Mifflin. There are some people who want, you know, to manage a target. There are some people who want to do those gigs. And, hey, that's great. I say all jobs are, are awesome. All jobs, taking the finances and the money that you earn from a job out, all jobs are equal. Because... Jobs need to exist, one, for us to make a living, but two, for society to run, you need somebody to have a job everywhere you turn. This is why I say, never talk smack about how somebody pays their bills and makes a living and puts food on their table. Somebody wants, somebody works at 7-Eleven, somebody washes cars, somebody cleans bathrooms at the high school. I don't care what the job is. They're paying their bills, they're putting food on their table, they're being a productive member of society. 
we got it in our heads somehow that the CEO of Coca-Cola is more important than the janitor at the building that Coca-Cola is in. Yeah, he CEO does some pretty important stuff. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. He's putting food on his table, but so is that janitor. So when you go out there and you see people delivering your pizzas, making your yogurt, you know, Cold Stone, where they slap the ice cream around and put cool toppings in it. Every one of those jobs, those are people earning a living so they can afford the lifestyle that they want. The hope and goal, obviously, is the older you get, the more talents, more skills that you possess, more knowledge you gain. And ultimately, you go off and you become the manager of a place, and maybe even the owner. Right? It's like the apprenticeship philosophy. You start young, you start, you're, you're learning. It's like you go and you read this book that I'm writing, College Success Habits. You go read this book and you adhere to these seven principles. And I'm telling you right now, you will see a dramatic change in your life. You develop a growth mindset. You cultivate courage. Be decisive. Take action. Embrace discipline. Exercise flexibility. Embody tenaciousness. And I talk about all of these. These are all of the, the, the seven principles in the book. And this isn't like a sales pitch for the book because you're going you're gonna to come across it and you're going to love it. Because when you read it, and you realize that in order to achieve the life that you want, in order to find the thing that sparks you, is you just have to take on these principles. Like life and life is going to pass no matter what. Days are going to move forward no matter what. Every single day will keep going. Yes, I get barring and unforeseen. You know, you everybody dies, right? So let's just go ahead and acknowledge everybody dies. So barring that you don't die, your life will continue to move, second by second, minute by minute, hour and day and week and month and year. Wouldn't you rather be in control of your destiny, control of your journey? As much as one can be in a world where there are so many people bouncing off of you every single day. It's like with the book. Yes, I would love to have had it out in two months. But like with anything else in life, you can't do it alone. So now there's other people that are also a part of it. And they're getting their work done in, in a timely fashion according to what they can do. Their skills allow, their, t- their scheduling allows. Right? Ultimately, they're playing a role in me fulfilling one of my meant-to-be's in life, being a published author. And no matter what that I didn't get it done in my 20s like that I hope, I still got it done in my 40s. Because see, days and months and years, they kept passing. But my love for books and my want, need, and desire to be an author never waned. I just didn't prioritize it. And as soon as I prioritized it, it came to fruition. If there's something out there that you've always wanted to do, you can choose to do it today or you can wake up in a year, 5, 10, 20, and wish you started today, but then you'll just start it that day. There's a Chinese proverb that says the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. It doesn't matter when you start, just as long as you start. Because nothing to me is worse than having ambition and having um, hopes and having goals and wanting something from your life and never even trying to achieve it. That to me is the worst. Holding yourself back out of some abject fear of failure or success or what people might think of you. 
It's just not worth your energy. So find what sparks you. Get into it. And if you have to try 50 things until you find the, the right thing that sparks you, and you're like, wow, I could definitely be doing this at 90. Think, try 50 things. It's like with the therapist, mental health professionals I talked about at the beginning of the show. If it takes 20 therapists till you find one that resonates with you, great. But don't stop at 19 because that 20th could have been the one. There's a meme I see where it's, it shows two people digging a tunnel and one stops right before they get to the big diamond and the other one is you know clicking, clicking along. And it's like you can either stop right before you get to the diamond or you can just keep charging forward knowing that as long as you keep putting forth the effort, you'll get to the diamond. You'll find that thing that sparks you. And when you do, I swear, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Please go out there. Be amazing on your campus. Do things outside your comfort zone. The benefit is tremendous. The worst case scenario is that you will miss out on the best case scenario. Don't be that person. Be an amazing version of yourself. And if you don't have faith in you that you can do it, I guarantee you there's somebody out there who will have faith for you until you get your own faith. And there's no better way to get faith in yourself than to take action and start doing the things that scare you immediately. Because I'm telling you what, (laughs) that best case scenario is one hell of a thing. That's it, guys. Thank you so much for listening to College Success Habits, episode 41. As always, inclusive over exclusive. The power of positive energy, release and flow. Be kind to one another. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.